Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Sister Wives with Mary Jane Kay. Today, I'll be giving my commentary on Sister Wives, Season 18, Episode 11, Airing the Dirty Laundry. The episode was pretty uneventful. It was definitely a filler episode, but a few moments this episode struck me. We can all recall Cody forcing Truly to ride a bike before she was ready. That was a scene we all can recall. Truly was scared. Cody was pushing her to ride a bike when she wasn't ready. She voiced that she had reached the limits of her comfort. She had reached her boundaries. And Cody pushed Truly to ride that bike despite what she wanted and despite her fear level. Truly felt unsafe during that first bike riding experience with her dad. And the trauma Cody caused with his forcefulness had lasting effects on Truly. We see this episode that Cody really traumatized Truly in the past. When Cody forced Truly to ride that bike against her wishes when she was five years old, that was a really harrowing experience for Truly and it stuck out in her mind. And now Truly is 12 years old and she feels ready again, although she's hesitant to try again to learn to ride a bike. Aspen and Mitch are there. Peyton is there. Christine is there. Everyone is there cheering Truly on, being her support system. Christine mentions how Truly really wasn't ready to ride a bike when she was five. And now she went to Christine of her own volition and she told her she wanted to try riding a bike again. So Christine is really trying to support Truly in what she wants. And Christine reiterates that she would never push Truly beyond her comfort level in the way that Cody did. Cody explains he writes it off as just not one of his best experiences with Truly. That's what he has to say about it. Mitch was awesome this episode. He was trying to teach Truly how to ride a bike. He was very patient with teaching Truly. And he really seemed to understand Truly's emotions. He was very in tune with Truly. And he was in tune with Truly's comfort level. And he really made Truly feel safe when learning to ride a bike. I think Mitch is going to make a phenomenal father someday. It was really awesome to see Mitch be so patient and so understanding of Truly. And when we juxtapose that love and support Truly got during this second go-round, this second experience of riding a bike with the first experience of Cody forcing Truly, saying things like, there's no crying in baseball when Truly was truly terrified. We really can see how valuable Christine's support system is in Utah and how positive that move was for Christine and for Truly. Truly really gained a lot of love and support she wouldn't have had otherwise, even if she was close to her father. Cody doesn't provide that type of love, unconditional love and support, communication, empathy, understanding Truly's emotions responding to them. Cody can't provide that, but Christine can provide that to Truly with the support system in Utah. Also, this episode, Mary reveals that these past few anniversaries, she really has felt like Cody's obligation, and Cody doesn't even recognize Mary on her birthday. Would Robin tolerate that feeling like Cody's burden on their anniversary like merely an obligation he is forced to fulfill, like turning in his math homework? Would Robin accept that of her husband? This episode, Cody finally has a talk with Mary. Mary asked Cody, since her life is public, to discuss 
the talk to discuss that their marriage was over, Mary felt that they should be open and honest in public about their story and about their marriage ending. And Cody is the one who ended the marriage. And Cody told Mary no. He didn't want to do that. He didn't want to go public with it. And he told Mary he just has so much criticism already to deal with that he doesn't want to be open and vocal about this, about breaking up his marriage with Mary. And he asked Mary, let's just keep this between us. That's how selfish Cody is. Cody is well aware. Cody knows that Mary gets a lot of hate and a lot of criticism for staying in a marriage with him. Cody is cruel and Cody is very open about not ever wanting a relationship with Mary. On the TV show, he tells us very blatantly that he doesn't care about Mary. He doesn't give a fuck and he makes it clear that's never going to change. He badmouths Mary. He's very cruel about Mary, but he never exactly had this conversation with her one-on-one, face-to-face. Mary really stays out of hope And I think she stays because of her faith. In their faith, they are taught. Their marriages, they're sacred. It's an eternal covenant for forever. And they're even sealed in the afterlife, in heaven, for forever. And if Mary wants to go to heaven, she has to stay married to Cody. Marriage is a forever thing in the culture that Mary was raised in. And leaving her marriage can have serious ramifications to her afterlife, to her position in the afterlife. This is very literal to her and it's taken very seriously. And Mary was indoctrinated. She was raised with these beliefs. So Mary knows that Cody can never give her what she wants and what she deserves in her relationship and in her marriage. Mary knows Cody doesn't give a fuck about her. He doesn't care about her. Cody is cruel to Mary, yet Mary is loyal to Cody through thick and thin, ride or die. She remembers the love she had when she married him. She remembers the guy she was married to, she thought she was married to, when she married him. And Mary is very loyal. She's very ride or die. Her faith dictates how serious, how permanent her marriage is supposed to be. It's not something you bail on, spiritually or otherwise. And Cody bailed. Cody didn't stay loyal. Cody didn't keep his promise. Basically, Mary can stay to be married for her faith or she can leave. And she grapples with the faith part, with the spiritual aspect of leaving. And that keeps her in. And there's also the fear of losing her access and her connections with the only family she is still close to, with Robin's kids. Cody is done with Mary and he finally has a talk with her in a public place on their anniversary of all days. And I'm sure his words cut like knives. Mary gets a lot of hate. She gets a lot of criticism for staying with Cody. Cody knows that. And Cody also knows spiritually and faith-wise parts of the reasons why Mary stays. And Mary wants to be open. She wants to tell the world the truth. She wants to say that Cody broke it off, that they aren't married anymore. And it wasn't really her choice. It was Cody's choice. Cody refused to go public about this. He was saying that he doesn't want the bad PR. He doesn't want the criticism. He's already dealing with enough. So selfish Cody, he would rather Mary just shut her mouth and keep this to herself that he broke up with her for his 
optics as she continues getting boatloads of hate. That's the type of selfish, egotistical coward Cody is. He wanted to silence Mary. He wanted to muzzle her voice. And Mary isn't doing that. Mary has a story to tell and Mary's going to tell it. As usual, Cody cares more about his optics and his reputation than his ex-wife, the mother of his kid, getting a break from the constant criticism she endures. Just as long as the criticism isn't directed at him, Cody doesn't care. That's how little respect he has for the mother of his child, the first love of his life, the first woman he married, the woman who sacrificed her legal marriage just so Cody could adopt his soulmate's children. And on top of that, Cody sticks the daggers in, again telling Mary he never loved her, he never ever felt like that about her. He just strung her along just to make sure. He wanted to affirm that. What a dick. Cody strung Mary along just to avoid the public backlash and probably also for financial reasons and also to appease Robin. And that's really cruel to do to Mary. And, you know, everything you put out in the universe, you get back to you tenfold. You will receive it. So Cody has a hell of a lot of karma coming his way. Does Cody say hurtful things like he never loved Mary ever at all just to hurt her because he's still pissed about the catfish? Does him being cruel uphold his ego? Cody gets off on being cruel to Mary and it's sinister AF. Cody may not love Mary now, but I believe he did love her once. And I think now it's easier for Cody to just justify himself, to write off any love he ever had for Mary. Cody is very cruel. And if he rewrites history, if he buys into believing it was always this, it was never love, it was always like this, it's easier for Cody to feel justified in his toxic behavior. Cody saying he never loved Mary ever. That's not what he said in Becoming Sister Wives, but we're going to get to that in a little bit. Cody rewrites history when it coddles his ego, when it makes it more convenient for him to swallow all of his bullshit in his delusional mind. His revisionist history reduces his toxic behavior to something palatable, to something justifiable to Cody in his sick mind. I really hope Mary comes to terms with the spiritual aspects of leaving Cody and I hope she leaves and I hope she finds a man, a partner, an equal who can love her as she is and give her what she deserves. Mary isn't perfect, but she is loyal. She is loyal even when the other person doesn't reciprocate that loyalty back to her. And Mary really deserves someone who can be as loyal to her as she is to them. I hope she finds it. This episode opens with the news that McKelty and Tony are having twins. That's amazing news. Congratulations to them. Christine feels that it would be so easy for Cody to fix his relationship with Janelle. But it's the relationship with Janelle's kids That is really the main frustration, and that's the main problem with Janelle. Christine thinks it's ridiculous. She acknowledges that Janelle's situation is a lot harder than hers. Definitely. Let's not forget, Christine had a home she could sell, and she could liquidate, and she could leave with something. 
It was more cut and dry. It was easier. Janelle has nothing in her name. She has no asset she can liquidate. She doesn't have a home to be able to have money to leave. And all of Janelle's money, all of her credit, all of her finances are entangled with three other people on this land that they have yet to pay off and the clock is ticking. Mary reveals that it was recently her 32nd wedding anniversary with Cody. Mary wasn't sure what to expect, but Mary feels like the past few years when Cody took her out for her anniversary, it really felt more like an obligation than anything else. Cody doesn't even take Mary out for her birthday. Cody didn't even call. He didn't even text. Cody can't even call his kids on Christmas or for their birthday. So a wife that he's really not that crazy about, even as an acquaintance, I'm not surprised he doesn't even call or text for birthdays. So he didn't even call or text Mary on this anniversary. So Mary decided to take the initiative and she wished Cody happy anniversary. And she suggested that maybe she and Cody, they should hang out. They should go for a drive or something. Cody wasn't too enthused. He was looking for excuses. And he told Mary that he was watching Robin's kids. Could we imagine if it were Robin's wedding anniversary, Cody ever telling Robin he couldn't make it because he was watching another wife's kids? Can we imagine him having to ask that other wife permission to do something with Robin on their wedding anniversary? Cody told Mary he's watching another wife's kids, Robin's kids, something he won't do for any other wife in the family. And he had to ask Robin's permission first. Obviously, Cody was looking for excuses. And even Cody reveals he was looking for a way to say no. He was looking for an excuse. Cody would rather watch his kids for Robin something he would rarely, if ever, do for Janelle or Christine, then take Mary out for her anniversary. If Cody didn't call her, Mary should never have called him. Cody's radio silence said all Mary needed to know about how much he valued their marriage on their wedding anniversary. Yet she still called Cody asking to go out, asking to do something. I really think Mary should want better for herself than a man who has to ask his other wife if it's okay for him to go out with her on their anniversary. He was hoping Robin would say no and forbid him, but she likely insisted that Cody should take Mary out. She wants to give Mary those false crumbs of hope. Robin is constantly giving Mary false hope about Cody, and this is a big crumb to throw Mary's way. So of course, Robin said yes. I'm sure she insisted and Cody didn't have a choice. So Cody took Mary out to a public place to have the talk one-on-one with her in public, to have the conversation, to spell it all out for Mary one-on-one, finally, after years. Cody wants nothing to do with Mary or this anniversary. He even slips up during this confessional scene. He intentionally says that when Mary called him to take her out for her anniversary, and then he stops himself and he corrects himself with our anniversary. What more proof do you need that only one person is invested in the marriage? Even to Cody, the absent half of this marriage, 
It's Mary's anniversary, not their anniversary. Cody told Mary he was watching the kids, he needed a minute, and he explains he needed a minute to think. He wanted a reason to say no in the event that he didn't think taking out Mary was the right thing to do. Cody probably didn't want Mary to get a smidgen more of any false hope. So Cody didn't know if this was the right thing to do. He had to think about it, and then later he decided he would take Mary out. And during the dinner, he made reference to faking relationships. And Mary asked Cody what he meant by faking, and Cody gestured between he and Mary. They were sitting across from each other, and Cody said he meant this, he and Mary. And Mary asked what Cody meant. She said she wasn't faking anything. And Cody told Mary he doesn't know why she even bothered to call him and even wish him a happy anniversary. And Mary told Cody she called because it's their anniversary. They're married. And Cody told Mary right then and there in public that they aren't married. And then he paused. He stopped what he was saying. And he switched to telling her they weren't living as a married couple. But before switching and amending and adapting to that, he said they aren't married. And then to cover up his blunder, he said they weren't living as a married couple. So Mary caught Cody's blunder when he almost blurted out, we aren't married. And that was a big realization to Mary that all this time, all these years, that's how Cody felt about it. Mary says she didn't know that. She maybe didn't want to accept that, but I don't think she just didn't know that at all. I mean, Cody maybe doesn't say what he says on the show about Mary directly to Mary, to her face, but he makes it very clear there is no hope, not even a grain of sand's worth of hope that he even wants to be her acquaintance. So he obviously doesn't respect her, love her, or see her value. So... I don't even understand how now that's the big realization, but this is the first time I believe he's directly making it clear and telling Mary face-to-face so explicitly. It hurts, it sucks, but frankly, I think Mary needed this, and I think she needed to hear this, and I think it was high time that Cody did this. I think he could have done it in private, at her home or at his home in private to give Mary the space to process her emotions, but I'm glad that he did do it. Cody explains that right before their 25th wedding anniversary, seven years ago or so, he and Mary were in a bad place. They were fighting. It was right around the time that Mary told Cody to stop staying at her house. It was around the time of the catfish. Counseling didn't work. They were both very angry at each other, and the love was lost. But through counseling and the recommendations of his other wives, Cody was then convinced that he should at least try and fix it. And Cody says it took him a long time to really see if it would work out ever. But Cody felt he had to give up. It just wasn't working. Mary reveals that she asked Cody to take a break at that point when she asked him not to stay at her house, and Cody keeps telling her that she is the one who kicked him out. But Mary begs to differ. She makes it clear. She says she never kicked Cody out. She didn't pack up his stuff. 
She never told him she never wanted to see him again. She never told him never come back. Mary didn't kick Cody out. She just wanted a little break. And Mary tells us that Cody actually told her during this dinner that he had no desire to have a relationship with her. And he asked Mary if she understood that this is never going to happen. Cody told Mary that her life is not one he wants to insert himself into. It hurt, that stung, Mary's hurt, and it was painful for her. And Mary says she will never forget Cody's words. And she says it's the first time Cody ever said this to her, and it hurt her a lot. I think Mary feels betrayed. In their culture, it's ingrained that these marriages are even in the afterlife. You're sealed. It's for eternity. It's for forever. It's very sacred. It's not like the rest of the Western world and the way they think about marriage and their concept of marriage. And so Mary says, Cody promised. Cody promised. He's breaking his promise. And for Mary, she grew up in a faith. She grew up in a culture where marriage is eternal. You're just sealed to your husband. That's the way it is. It's very sacred. And Mary believes a certain way. And Cody really did the right thing by talking to Mary. But now Mary has to really grapple with the spiritual aspect of all this. She has the spiritual stuff to contend with. Now, Cody had to be blunt and he had to leave no window for the possibility of hope for Mary. But I wish Cody did this privately and not in public because I'm sure it really hurt a lot and it probably wasn't easy for Mary. And, you know, they're public figures, Cody and Mary, and I think it would have been really nice to do that in a private setting. But at least Cody did it finally, even though he did it in the cruelest way possible. It was time. We learned that McKelty is actually going to go to Dr. Bean, and that is the same doctor who delivered truly for Christine. Christine explains that in the polygamist culture, they mostly do home births. And the reason is because if you go to the hospital, there is a lot of fear that they might separate your family. They might take your kids away if they find out that you're a polygamist. So Janelle explains that Christine had a lot of fear of the hospital growing up because there was a lot of fear of exposing her plural family with going to the hospital. But Janelle didn't have that fear. She didn't grow up in that faith. She didn't grow up with that fear. She didn't grow up in a polygamist family with that faith or with that fear. So she was happy to go to the hospital. And Cody was listed as the father on all of her children's birth certificates. Christine explains that McKelty and Robin, they're super close. So there is lots of pressure on McKelty because McKelty is the bridge. She's the bridge of the family between Janelle and Christine and the kids and Robin and Cody and their kids. But McKelty loves everyone and Christine admires that. Next, Truly gets a birthday at Robin's house with Cody and her kids. Truly's turning 12. Robin doesn't seem so sure that Truly's 12. When she says it's Truly's 12th birthday, she gives the biggest frown as if she's really not sure about that number. Robin says 12. It's the last year before Truly turns into a teenager. So Robin says it's scary. But she loves having Truly there. She loves having Isabel there. She misses having this nice family experience. 
And Robin says she wants Truly to feel safe and comfortable in her home. And she wants all the kids to feel safe and to feel comfortable in her home. Robin explains that they went public around the time when Christine was having Truly. And right after that, she and Cody got married. So Robin says it's a sweet experience in her eyes. It's cool that Truly doesn't have any experiences without Robin and her kids in the family. She doesn't have any memories without Robin and her kids in the family. I think it's really creepy and selfish and weird that Robin thinks that's sweet. The most functional days of the family were actually before Robin ever entered the family, when the older kids were being raised by Christine, Janelle, and Mary. And truly didn't get to experience that. She got a father who was disconnected, spending most of his time investing most of his effort with Robin and her kids. But Robin selfishly is happy. She thinks it's sweet that truly only knows her family and she only has memories of her family and a life with Robin and her kids. Robin resents the shared family history between the ex-sister wives and their kids. Robin didn't get that experience. She feels the history that she missed out on. And as a result of missing that history and that shared experience of raising the older kids, she's not as close with all of the kids and all of the wives in the family. That shared history is part of the reason that she isn't as close with everyone in the family. And I think Robin doesn't really think it's sweet about truly only having memories of her family that exists with Robin and her kids being there. I think Robin's a weirdo and I think it's a delusional. And I think Robin is just happy for herself that truly only ever knew her family as it existed with her and her kids being part of that family already when she was born. So in Robin's mind, she gets to feel special or important to truly like she has that elevated status. That's what Robin likes so much, that Truly's whole history from the time she ever existed already involved Robin and her kids. Because in Robin's mind, because Truly also doesn't have that shared history and she doesn't have that shared history, that's an avenue for her to be close with Truly because her and her kids being in the family, that's all Truly ever knew. She didn't know the before and the history. She didn't live through that and have that experience with everyone else. So I think Robin feels there's a doorway where she can try to manipulate a connection or a relationship with Truly. Robin's happy for herself, and it's very weird. Cody says that he's always concerned about the gloomy cloud that is always hanging over them. And he says, after the divorce, there is a nuance, an undertone of a strain in the family. And he wonders, can I trust? Do I trust? He wants to trust for his kids. He says truly is fine, but Isabel, she seems uncomfortable a lot of the time. Isabel says her relationship with her dad has never been 100% solid. And so with the divorce now, everything is rocky. She says with a divorce already, nobody knows what to do. And it's even more confusing with a polygamous divorce. Cody explains that there is a lot of pain from the divorce and the separation of the family. And he says as a result of that, there seems to be a strain, just what he calls a mild strain, 
in the family. And he says his phone calls are weak now. And Cody thinks that's because they are just processing some of the stuff going on. And Cody explains for the goals that he had for his life, this situation with his family is very disappointing to him. Cody says his goal from the start was for his family to be under one roof. So now his goal is his family and he just wanted his family to all be together under one roof. But two seasons ago, he was saying his family are the obstacles to his goals in life. So are his family the goal, the ultimate goal, or are his family the obstacles, the hurdles, the barriers of Cody getting his goals in life, achieving his goals in life? Which one? The way Cody treats his family, I would say that he definitely views them as the obstacles to his goals in life and not the ultimate goal or else he would treat his family like a blessing with gratitude and love and appreciation, in my opinion. Cody wonders now if some of the failures in plural marriage were on his part in him expecting too much of the family with this one family idea. Cody wonders if the family might have been more successful if they were just in different homes with the kids growing up as if they were cousins instead of siblings. Now, they flash back to the family mission statement, this idea they had for the family. And Cody says they have shredded the mission statement. And he says it's sad what happened to his family, but he has to move on. Yes, no use crying over spilled milk. The milk you spilled. He's got to move on. He's free, fancy free, flying, gliding through life. Free of the obstacles to his goals in life, his family, those thorns in his side. He's got to move on. Cody says it's odd. He is trying to redefine his life now. Now we learn the real reason Cody fears Utah so much. He says if he were in Utah, he would almost be too embarrassed to show his head in church because of his family's struggles. Cody says there is lots of shame and they don't have a church in Flagstaff. They don't have any religious connections locally in Flagstaff. And he's ashamed. He's embarrassed to go to his church. His family has embarrassed him. But Cody knows it's his behavior he's ashamed of. His family didn't do anything to embarrass him. His family struggles Way heavy on his head because his toxic behavior created those struggles. It created that suffering. Cody should be ashamed to go back to his church in Utah. I wonder how it goes with Christine's family being so high up in their church and being really respected members of their community with the way Cody treated Christine, with the way he spoke about her with the way he admitted he married her for her church status. I wonder how welcome Cody would be in Utah or in his old church or in his old church community, especially after admitting to marrying Christine to gain status in the church, knowing he didn't love her. Robin wants to be a nosy Nancy when Isabel and Truly are over. She is curious about if Isabel goes to church 
And Isabel reveals that, yeah, she went once with Maddie and Caleb. She wishes she could go some more. Robin will do anything she can to interfere in the lives of Cody's other kids to try and guide them or have influence. It's really pathetic. On the show, they flash back to the purity speech. And according to Robin in this scene, if you keep your purity for your husband or your wife when you are married, then you will get blessings and happiness. If not, it's hellfire. Cody reveals that he has always been a man of faith, but he says he has struggled for a long time because he is a polygamist, but he isn't a fit in his old religion anymore. So now they're in limbo as a family religiously. They flash back to Cody marrying Caleb and Maddie. Cody's clueless. He doesn't know what happened, but during the breakup with Christine, Maddie stopped reaching out to her father. And Cody suspects maybe it was the Rona, but she stopped reaching out and Cody doesn't know why. He's perplexed. Janelle reveals that Maddie doesn't call her dad because of his behavior lately. Janelle explains that there are a lot of things at play here. It's not just Maddie not calling her dad. Janelle explains that Maddie has other things to consider. She has to consider her kids and she also has to consider the stability of what her kids see in their grandfather or what they perceive of their grandfather. Janelle explains that Maddie doesn't know what to do with her dad. She doesn't even know who this guy is anymore. She doesn't recognize her father. She doesn't know what to do with him. She has to look out for her kids. So it's not just that Maddie just stopped communicating with her dad. Robin explains that her kids have missed their siblings. And she says there is this weird wall that she can't penetrate. And they just can't figure out why. Why that wall is there. Listen, the wall is there because of Cody's favoritism, the neglect of his other wives and kids to invest so much more in Robin and her kids, the emotional abuse, and the bad, toxic behavior from Cody. And it's also because of Robin enabling Cody. This, oh, there's a wall. We're trying to understand why. Why is it there? Why did they shut us out? Why is there a wall? Maddie isn't speaking to me. Oh, I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't get it. I don't, I don't know. I don't, it's clueless. I don't know. I don't know. This playing dumb, this playing clueless, it really underestimates everyone's intelligence and it really makes Cody and Robin look very stupid. It's obviously all a show. Cody knows why Maddie doesn't call. Robin knows exactly why. The wall is up. This clueless act is so juvenile. Cody explains that it feels to him like a broken family. Cody says he can't fix it. And he says in his own optimism, he wants to say, oh, it's just meant to be this way now. And he wants to just say, well, these people that are here together, they can work out their relationships on their own and they can work out their relationships with me. Cody says it's complicated. If they want to work it out with him, they can, but it's complicated. Cody explains that the relationship hasn't ended with his family, but Cody says it's an ending and he says it's sort of sad. 
it's sort of sad to lose almost every relationship in your family. Sort of sad. If I lost my family, people I love, people I live with every day through life's ups and downs, sort of sad wouldn't cut it. And utter despair would barely scratch the surface. But Cody is just, you know, sort of sad, you know, that he lost his whole family. No big deal, whatsoever. It's interesting that Cody puts all the blame on his family. They're the ones who need to work it out together. It's on them. In Cody's eyes, his actions, his words, his toxic behavior, they just don't factor into the equation at all. In Cody's eyes, it's just on everyone else. I think it's interesting that Cody's fine with the broken family. He wants to just accept it as is. He doesn't want anything really beyond these broken relationships. Cody says the kids can go to him. They can work out their relationship with him if they want. It's on them. Cody has no interest in inconveniencing himself to wade through the complications to make the effort to fix the relationships with his kids. That would just be far too inconvenient. They can go to him if they want to, and they are the reason in Cody's mind that the relationships with him aren't working. He's not the problem, and he has no interest in fixing any of the relationships with his kids. Que sera, sera. Cody really doesn't care, and I'm sure Cody sees how hurt his kids are, how affected they are by this, how traumatized, how affected they are by his bad behavior in a negative way, and it doesn't matter to Cody. It doesn't hurt him. He doesn't care. His shame that he feels is for himself. Anything that he feels is about himself, his ego, his pride, his reputation, and his arrogance. He's worried about his reputation in his church, that he looks bad to viewers. That's what Cody prioritizes, his optics. He doesn't care about his kids or what they feel or what they think or what they endure. If Cody's kids want him, they can fix things with him, even though he is the one who shit all over the relationships with his toxic behavior. And he is sitting here this episode bitching about how it's hard for him to trust. How does Cody think his kids feel? Cody doesn't want to fix it. He doesn't care about these relationships. If anyone wants a relationship with him, if anyone wants him, they can go to him. They can fix it with him. It's on them. Cody doesn't give a fuck. Not about his kids. Not about anyone but himself. Next, Janelle explains that the kids all contributed to build these planter boxes for her in Garrison's yard because Janelle loves gardening for her own sanity to get rid of her stress. So the boys made her a place to garden in Garrison's yard and Janelle loves it. She explains that for her birthday, she and Cody, they went out about a month ago for that dinner. It was okay. They had a good time. She wasn't going into that dinner date expecting a reconciliation. Janelle says she didn't want a reconciliation. She says she and Cody, they're not seeking their marriage out. They haven't talked and she isn't hoping Cody calls. She doesn't think Cody even thinks much about her. She says Cody has a whole life going on 
at Robin's house. And Janelle says, she and Cody, it's nothing now. They're friendly to each other. They're cordial when they have to be as needed. But there is no connection really anymore, Janelle says, between herself and Cody. Janelle's kids still haven't talked to their dad. They mostly ignore him. And Janelle says the kids wonder what the point is of having a conversation with Cody. They flash back to Gabe saying he heard his dad said he only cares about his minor kids. And Cody explains that he told Gabe once he's graduated from high school, his obligation to him as a father shifts once he turns 18. Cody says it's an obligation of mutual respect. It's not an obligation or a chore or a burden to be a father to your child. That's ridiculous. It's not an obligation as far as being a burden or a role or a chore you can just opt out of when you feel like. Cody says, as a father, it's an obligation of mutual respect. And if the relationship goes bad, it's like, get your own place. That's how Cody feels about it. And Cody says, the kids don't belong in his home if they don't respect him. And he warns us, remember, it's my home not yours. That's a warning to his kids. Remember, it's my home, not yours. Once you're done with high school, it's an obligation. And only if you respect me, am I obligated to be your father. That's basically what Cody's saying. Treat me like a hero, blow smoke up my ass, or I don't feel obligated to play this role of being your father anymore. Then it's a chore. It's an obligation. And if I don't get my supply out of it, then F off. I want nothing to do with you. I don't care that you're my child. I don't give a fuck. That's disgusting. Janelle thinks that Cody is getting exactly what he puts into his relationships. Janelle is so right. You receive back what you give out. You reap what you sow. Cody acted in such a cruel and toxic way. He caused his children so much hurt and negative energy and emotional pain. He caused his children heartbreak of the worst kind. The heartbreak a parent inflicts on a child with their betrayal. And once you get burned the first time and then the second time, you don't put your hand into the flame again to try for a third, fourth, fifth, sixth time. Cody's kids don't want to get hurt. He gives his kids the messages that are toxic, that are negative, that they are unworthy, that they aren't valued, that they aren't favored by him, that they aren't lovable, that they aren't worthy of the same amount of love and investment from their dad that Robin's kids receive. So of course the kids avoid Cody. Cody only hurts and disappoints them inevitably. And he isn't capable of giving the kids what they need what they want, and what they deserve from him as their father. So why would the kids want to be around him just to get burned? Cody neglects his other kids. He treats them as if they are inconsequential to him, as if they have less value to him than these other kids. And he puts Robin's kids on a pedestal. And when you keep getting burned and hurt and disappointed and let down, You aren't going to want to play the same record on repeat. You're going to want to protect yourself. 
and protect your heart and protect your worth and your identity. Kids deserve so much better from their father. And Cody not feeling the weight of the pain and hurt he inflicted on his kids, making excuses for it, that says a lot about how delusional Cody is and how selfish he is, how egotistical he is. It really shows Cody's poor character and it really leaves so much to be desired. Janelle hasn't spoken to Robin or Mary since the conversation on Robin's porch a year ago where Cody yelled at Janelle that she didn't give a shit. Cody yelled that Janelle was dismissing it, dismissing his Rona, dismissing Cody surviving his brush with near death. Janelle explains that she hasn't sought Cody, Robin, or Mary out, and they also haven't sought her out. She says she and Robin, they're great team players, and they could always work together for the sake of the family. But other than that, she and Robin never connected as friends. Robin was 10 years younger than her. Her kids were way younger than her kids. They didn't have anything in common. They really didn't have similar tastes. Janelle says that she and Mary, they always had personality differences. So she really doesn't feel like she needs to really seek Mary out now to continue that relationship. Janelle explains that she still has family. She has family with Christine and she still sees her. She still sees all of their kids and the kids all still interact. And she says the kids all see each other and it feels normal. It feels like old times when the kids and Janelle and Christine get together. That's Janelle's family now. Everyone gets together and there is no peripheral drama. And Janelle feels when they're together that she has found her family and her family is with her kids, Christine's kids with Christine. And Janelle has also found a lot of peace with gardening. Gardening eradicates her stress. And Janelle says she would love to do greenhouses on the land. She wants to do a small scale grow operation. I'm sure she wants to do top notch hydroponics. Janelle wants to be engaged full-time in the growing of plants. I wish Janelle was growing some lovely indica plants, but no, I don't think that's her thing. It looks to me like Janelle is growing herbs, not my kind of herb, and tomatoes and veggies, that type of deal. But next season, I believe that Janelle is going to have her sister wife Kush out. It's not going to be Janelle Brown. Janelle Botwin. That would be profitable. I would buy some sister wife weed. I seriously would try it. That's a business that would work. Janelle wants gardening to be the second part of her life and she would be happy at this point just to be able to pay off the property. She says at this point it's crickets from Cody and the family and she is just getting the runaround whenever she asks Cody about it. As we recall, Janelle has been concerned with paying off this land for years. Her, all of her finances are tied up in this. Her name is tied up on different parcels of the land. And if they don't get this land paid off, her finances will go down. She'll lose a ton of money. It will suck for her. And she wants to leave the family and she doesn't have a home to liquidate to be able to sell. So she needs this land thing to work out. So she can recoup some of her finances so she can move forward with leaving and with 
finding happiness in her life. You know, Cody's tactic used to be, as Janelle said, she would mention paying off the land when she was eager to build the casita, and Cody would threaten her that she needs to stop talking about this right now. He would quiet her voice, shut her up, stifle her voice, and tell her, if you talk about this now, I'm going to get angry, I'm going to be angry at you, to try to get her to shut up about it. And now he just gives her the runaround. Now, Cody says... Nella's a huge pest. She keeps asking, pestering him about paying off this land. And he says they will pay off the land. But he complains that Janelle is always asking him. She's always pestering him. But she's really not helping him. Janelle has always wanted to get the family together to all pay off this land with her help included. She wants to help. She just wants to pay it off. Her credit is involved. All her money is tied up in this. She is the one saying, let's go. I have my part of the money. Let's go. Let's get the family together. Let's pay this off. Let's pay this off. Nell has prioritized paying off the land. Cody has not. And now he's complaining, well, she's agitating me about it. She's pestering me, asking and asking and annoying me and annoying me. But she's doing nothing to help. He's the one who keeps sweeping this under the rug. Cody is trying to deflect onto Janelle, saying she's the one complaining about this the loudest. She's pestering me, but she's no help herself. When we all know Janelle is the one paying for a large chunk of this land, and she will do her part financially. She's more than willing if Cody does his part. For years now, Janelle has wanted to pay off this land. Cody has delayed it and delayed it and delayed it, and now he wants to deflect and blame Janelle for not helping and for just complaining when he is the one who has refused to get it done with her and she has been the one prioritizing paying off the land and really pushing for it. Cody is the one who refuses to move forward and get this paid off. Cody is the one who is refusing to help. Cody was the one last season saying, well, we don't have the money for this. When Janelle was very honest and she said the same amount of money is in the joint family account that was in there before Christine bought her home and was able to access the joint family account to buy a home and Robin as well. So the money was there. Cody's the one who was being unhelpful. Cody says that he and Robin, and he only mentions he and Robin, still intend to build there. Janelle says the clock is ticking and the loan comes due in a year and she hopes Cody, Robin, and Mary aren't stupid enough to let the land slip away after all they invested in the land. Cody insists, though, that he and Robin, they still intend to build there, but Janelle isn't so sure that Cody will pay off the land. I think she feels it could really go either way. Janelle says she feels anything is possible and she doesn't really know these people she used to be a family with anymore as far as their priorities or their thought processes, so she doesn't know how it's going to go. Janelle doesn't trust Cody and Robin, and she knows Cody doesn't care about doing the right thing or the fair thing. He doesn't care if he reciprocates. He doesn't care if he betrays her. Janelle knows she's on her own, and these people she called her family, they're not actually loyal to her. They don't actually have her back. They'll betray her in a hot second if it benefits them, and she knows that. So she's not sure how this will go. 
This year for her birthday, truly of her own volition, went to Christine and she wanted a bike as her birthday present. So Christine obliged. Truly's turning 12 and she had that bad experience with Cody riding a bike when she was five and she hasn't wanted to ride a bike since. That's how traumatic it was. Truly still doesn't know how to ride a bike at 12 years old because of her disastrous first attempt with Cody. They flash back to Cody forcing a terrified five-year-old Truly to ride a bike for the first time. In this old scene, a five-year-old Truly, she's crying, telling her dad she doesn't want to do this. Her voice sounds terrified. Truly is crying. And in the flashback scene, she is saying, no, daddy. And she's pleading with Cody. And Cody tells her there is no crying in baseball. Truly told her dad that this isn't baseball. She's not comfortable. Dean says Truly's experience with Cody, it was terrible. Cody says he struggled with Truly. She wasn't connecting to the experience of bike riding and she didn't want to do it. So Cody, he felt he had to push her. Cody explains this away. He says that sometimes you have to push your child as a parent. And Cody says he did that. He says he loves Truly. And that bike riding experience, it wasn't his favorite experience with Truly. And the experience traumatized Truly so much that she didn't want to attempt to ride a bike until now, seven years later at 12 years old. And Truly is still scared. She's nervous. She even wants to cry trying now for the second time. And she really isn't excited to ride a bike because of what happened with her dad and the impression that left on her when she was five. But Christine talked to Truly recently about riding a bike, so now Truly decided she is ready to try riding a bike. But she's terrified and she thinks learning might take her at least five days, most likely more, but she has her whole amazing support system there in Utah Mitch is there, Aspen, Peyton, Isabel, Christine, and they're all encouraging Truly to ride this bike. But Truly isn't ready to let go yet. Christine is so gentle and sensitive with Truly. She tells Truly that it's fine. Truly doesn't have to go outside of her comfort zone or safety level. Christine explains to Truly there's no way to get around it. One day she is going to fall off the bike, but she's going to be fine. It'll be okay. But Christine says she isn't forcing Truly. She is backing Truly up in whatever Truly wants to do. And she's going to go at Truly's pace of what Truly feels comfortable and safe with. Christine says when Truly says she's done, then that's it. They're done. Christine refuses to force Truly beyond her comfort level. But Christine is happy that Truly is surrounded by such an amazing support system there in Utah. And Christine says everything she hoped to give Truly in Utah, that is exactly what she has given her. And it's right there in Utah. Christine makes it clear truly being forced outside of her comfort zone, that's not happening again. They did it before. The first time Cody did that, never again. Truly decides she's not ready during the lesson and she wants to wait. Her siblings are all encouraging her, telling her that she can do this. She needs to believe in herself more. And Mitch, 
can see that that's putting a lot of pressure on Truly, that Truly isn't comfortable, that Truly isn't ready. So Mitch, who's mainly teaching Truly, he tells everyone, listen, Truly needs less voices. It was good advice. And when Mitch talks, everybody listens because Christine says, Mitch is a man of few words. And when Truly reaches her limit for that day, Christine reassures Truly, that's okay, she did great. And she lets Truly know Truly is making lots of progress. Christine admits she thought Truly would ride a bike today, but Truly isn't ready. And so she asks Truly for suggestions. She asks Truly how Mitch was as a teacher. Christine is very emotionally aware and she has great communication with her kids. I think it's amazing. She is very validating She's very reassuring to her kids. She listens. Christine knows that Truly will learn to ride a bike on her own. And she says it's about having that support and people who really understand Truly, who get her. And Christine says Truly has that here in Utah. Next, Mary explains that not too long ago, she and Cody had their 32nd wedding anniversary. Cody took Mary out to dinner and he told her he had no desire to have a relationship with her. And Mary explains that early in her marriage to Cody, she had a lot of doubt. She wondered if Cody would always love her. And Cody was really good at reassuring Mary that she was his person, that he loved her. He said he was in love with her, that he would love her forever. Mary says that the fact that they loved each other and that they made this commitment to each other, Mary thought that that would mean something to Cody, that he would be loyal to that commitment. In other words, Mary is seeing, hey, I give a lot of loyalty out. I'm not getting it back here. This commitment means something to me, and it doesn't mean that to Cody. Mary says Cody has told her before that he never loved her. Cody has told Mary he never ever felt like that about her, the way she felt about him. He was sticking around just to affirm that. Mary says that's bullshit. And she says, ask anybody who they knew. Anybody who knew them in their early years. Anybody who knew she and Cody, even in the last 10 years. Everyone would say that's crap that he never loved her, that he didn't feel that way about her. Mary explains that Cody just says that maybe to try and justify how he feels now. Cody just says that to make himself feel better and to be cruel to Mary. Cody did love Mary at one point. In an interview a long time ago, Peyton said that before Robin, Mary was actually the favorite wife. In Becoming Sister Wives, Cody writes, Mary was my fiancé and we were very much in love. Our relationship was a typical love story, the kind you see in movies and on TV. She would smile from across a room and I would wink back at her. We must have aggravated our friends and families with how much in love we were. While we were outwardly infatuated with each other, Deep down, we were becoming the soulmates I suspected we would be from the moment we met. You see, it's convenient for Cody to rewrite history now, but he lies. 
He did love Mary and he knows it. Mary explains that in their religious background, when she and Cody got married, they married with the intention of forever. It was an eternal covenant. And Mary feels like Cody just decided he just isn't interested. Cody says that Mary could stick around if she wants, but Mary wonders why she would want to do that eternally, to be with somebody who has changed his mind about her. Mary says their marriage is done. Cody told Mary she can always stick around, she can visit him, she can visit Robin and Robin's kids, but they will never have a marriage relationship again. So Mary feels like she has a good relationship with Robin. She loves Robin's kids. So Mary says she intends to keep a good relationship with Robin's kids as long as Robin and Cody are willing to let her. It's really interesting how Mary phrases it. She intends to keep good relationships with Robin's kids as long as Robin and Cody are willing to let her. Listen, after all Mary did in sacrificing her legal marriage and her legal protection as a legal wife so that Cody could adopt Robin's kids, Mary knows her relationship with the kids is contingent on her relationships with Cody and with Robin. And if she puts a foot wrong with them, she will then be denied access to the only familial relationship she has left with the kids. She sacrificed her marriage for Robin's kids. Mary doesn't sound very confident that if she leaves, that Cody and Robin will still allow her to interact with the kids. And that's sad. After all Mary did for Robin and Cody, I don't think Mary knows for sure if she will receive that loyalty back and if those relationships that she has with Robin's kids will be allowed to continue. And I think that's sad. This is her family, whether she leaves Cody or not. Mary sacrificed a lot for Cody and for Robin and for her kids. They should love her forever, regardless of their faith, regardless of what they believe, regardless of if she's married to Cody or if Cody announces that he's no longer married to her or not. They should always love and respect Mary and feel very grateful and appreciative towards her. And instead, they treat her like she's chopped liver. Mary isn't even secure and sure about those relationships And she should be. If she considers them her family, can't they respect her enough and appreciate her sacrifice enough to show her some love and gratitude back? These people are very selfish. Mary isn't sure her family will stay her family if she leaves Cody. Interestingly, though, with Christine and Janelle, they both left Cody and they are still just as close as they were before leaving Cody, if not closer. And their kids still all remain close. Nell and Christine and their kids are really the nucleus of the Brown family, even after leaving Cody. And that nucleus withstood all the stress of leaving Cody, and it's still intact, stronger than ever before. Christine and Janelle and their kids, the support system they created, it strengthened them. And they left Cody, and that nucleus stayed strong. But when Mary leaves, she knows she might not get to have her family. Cody and Robin might cut ties. She might not be able to have those relationships with Robin's kids. She sacrificed so much for them. 
but she still might not be able to have these people to call her family if she leaves. Her own family might cut ties with her and she knows she might not have those relationships and that access to Robin and her kids anymore. I don't think Mary feels very secure in those relationships and she knows those relationships with Robin's kids she sacrificed so much for those relationships are contingent upon her standing with Cody and Robin. Mary asked Cody, since their life is public, to discuss this. She felt that they should be open, they should be honest in public about their story, about their marriage ending, about Cody telling Mary it was over. Cody told Mary, no, can't go public. He didn't want this out. He didn't even want to do that for Mary. He told Mary he just has so much criticism on him already that he just doesn't want to be open and vocal about it. And he asked Mary, let's just keep this between us. But Mary isn't going to go the rest of her life hiding the fact that this is the way their relationship is. And she isn't going to go the rest of her life hiding the fact that Cody told her he doesn't ever want to have a relationship with her. Mary says, and I agree, this is her story. It's her story too, not just Cody's. And she has a right to tell her story. Mary sees two options to continue living the way she has the past eight years as an amazing, independent, badass person who is officially married to somebody, but not emotionally. She can keep doing that or she can terminate it and she can take the steps to move forward to be done with it. But being done with it, it doesn't sit well with Mary's values. Mary says she didn't make this eternal covenant with Cody just to say she'll end it. And she didn't marry Cody to say this isn't working and to peace out. Right now, she has no idea what to do about it. Cody is a coward. He wants Mary to take all the negative attention and energy that she receives for staying in a marriage to Cody. And Cody ended the marriage and he wants Mary to keep her lips zipped. He wants Mary to keep taking all of the flack so he can avoid the negative attention and criticism. What Mary suffers because she stays married to him is inconsequential to Cody. He doesn't care if Mary going public with the fact that he broke up with her might alleviate her negative publicity. If it were public that their marriage is over and that Cody ended it, it would be a lot easier on Mary. But Cody doesn't care. Cody's main concern is his own optics and his reputation. I have a feeling Mary will be getting much more vocal about her story. And I think Mary deserves a voice and she deserves to be heard. And Cody really has no right to ask her to be silent, basically to protect him. Cody wants loyalty. That's what he says. He wants protection. He wants Mary to silence her voice to cushion the blow for him. He doesn't care that Mary has been knocked out round after round because of her unfailing loyalty to him when he isn't loyal to her. Cody fails to see Mary's loyalty. Would Cody ever take the flack? Would Cody ever take the negative comments and all the heat and all the hatred and all the bullshit and all the toxicity just to prevent Mary from getting the bad reputation just to protect Mary? 
An honorable man wouldn't give a fuck what anyone said about him. They would prefer that the negative attention go to him rather than their ex-wife and the mother of their child. But not Cody. Cody prefers it goes on the women, on the mothers of his kids, as long as it doesn't affect him and his precious Robin or their ridiculous, disgusting victim mentalities and delusional reputations. Cody is going to feel like a real fool when he realizes the wife he thought was the most loyal, the one he holds up like a prize, that wife really only looks out for herself. That wife was only managing the fuck out of Cody. And the wives who genuinely would have been loyal to the end if Cody invested in them, those wives he threw out like yesterday's trash. He picked up a lump of coal over three precious rare gems and he is holding that lump of coal up like it's a first place glistening golden trophy and that's what he delusionally pictures in his mind and everybody sees him holding up this lump of coal everybody is laughing at him just propping up this lump of coal praising it and we see the coal it's ashy it's chalky it's sooty and black and Cody sees this golden trophy shining, glistening in the light. But when it turns to coal, when Cody sees this trick of light, this trophy turn into a lump of coal, when Cody sees the coal as it is, he is going to wish for those loyal ex-wives. He is going to wish he was less arrogant and less prideful with his kids, with his ex-wives, and he will be left with nothing and he will be left with no one And Robin and her kids will leave him all the way behind. Robin will live in her lair with her kids and half of all of Cody's coins. And Cody will be calling his kids. Cody will be calling his ex-wives. And nobody's going to be answering the phone. That does it for this episode. I'll be back next week with the next episode of Sister Wives, Sister Wives Season 18, Episode 12. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. Bye.